0: The Michael Duke Show. I have two guns, one for each of you. Firearms Friday. As Thomas Jefferson stated, it is the right and duty of the people to be at all times armed. To
1: be at all times armed. to
2: my dear I
1: say that the Second Amendment is in order of importance the First Amendment. The right to keep and bear arms is the one right that allows rights to exist at all. The right
0: to
3: keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Not be infringed. Firearms.
1: From my cold, dead hands.
3: Friday. That's my rifle, my gun. This is for Biden, it's for fun. Firearms Friday. Firearms Friday. Your chance to sound off on issues... Of a two-way nature right here on the Michael Duke Show, broadcasting live across the state of Alaska on this, your favorite radio station and or FM translator and around the world at michaeldukeshow.com on the Internet. Hello, my friends. Hello. It is that one day a week we get a chance to talk about one of our favorite issues, which, of course, is the Second Amendment, gun rights, firearms laws, history. Etc. 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 And we're ready to uh, we're ready to jump in on this uh, cold and rainy and blustery morning down here in South Central Alaska. Not quite sure what it's like where you're at, but woof, uh, <clears throat> man! I just <laughs> I keep I'm trying to avoid it. I'm trying to think it's not, but winters winters here, right? It's just on our doorstep right now, knocking hard and uh, we're going to have to uh we're going to have to deal with this. All right. Well, let's uh take a look at what uh, we're going to be covering today. So first and foremost, <clears throat> it's just uh it's just me and you today. Just me and you. We're going to be talking about things that uh that I care about. I mean, I hope you care about it as well. <clears throat> But we're going to uh, we're going to crack into things and see exactly uh, what is happening around the country in regards to uh, uh, gun rights and the Second Amendment. Uh, we're going to cover some of the things uh, that are happening in some of the courts. Uh, we're going to touch base on things like uh, the latest from the set of the Rust movie shoot. that's still, <clears throat> that's still percolating and going on. Uh, and we're going to, um, uh, you know, cover a lot of that stuff. But more importantly, we're also going to take your phone calls. We're going to talk with you. Uh, phone number to call, uh, as always, is, uh, well, you know, the usual number, I guess I should say. 907-433-3150. 907-433-3150. Today we're going to be uh, talking about um, uh, gun Q&A all day. Uh, it's just going to be me and you hanging out here for the next couple hours. And so I want to open up the phone lines and uh, just kind of give you the heads up and, and talk to you, uh, a chat about anything related to firearms or the Second Amendment. Um, we live by the mantra around here that there is no such thing as a dumb gun question and so uh if you have a question uh we will attempt our best to answer it and talk about it so uh feel free to give us a call this morning the phone lines are open and we are ready to go uh 907-433-3150 um so no, again, no guests today. Willie Waffle will be joining us at the end of the program this morning, um, and we'll be doing the weekend movie and entertainment review. And uh, that's it. I think that's pretty much that's the whole thing. We're ready. That's the show. That's the, we're re- that was it. Thanks. Have a great day. We'll see you tomorrow. Um, <clears throat> all right. Let's. Uh, I guess we'll just kind of dive in and get started this morning. Uh, and see, uh, see where the stuff uh, takes us uh, before we get too far along. We got some great stories, including <clears throat> we're going to talk about um, the uh, double standard of the uh, two way sanctuary cities and counties. We're going to talk a little bit about uh, what's happening in Massachusetts, kind of an October surprise in Massachusetts. Uh, the Florida, the, the Florida, the Florida. The state of Florida has got some interesting things happening down there, including a new ruling, a legal opinion on stabilizing braces, which I thought was interesting. Um, And um, as I mentioned, the rust thing, we'll talk about that and whether or not the chaos in the House could lead to more um, uh, could lead to more gun control bills landing on Biden's desk we'll talk about that as well. So lots of different stories. And of course, a little bit of just philosophy behind Firearms Friday and everything else. We're going to talk about those things as well. Uh, but hey, look, the phone is already ringing this morning. It's good. That's my favorite part of Firearms Friday is talking to you to see what you guys have to say. So let's head on over to the phones first and we'll uh, we'll crack things open there and see if there's a topic or a a story that you guys want to talk about that I'm not aware of, or uh, you know, maybe you want to give your opinion on something, so let's jump over there first things first. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from?
4: It's Mike. I'm from Wasilla.
3: Good morning, Mike. What's on your mind, my friend?
4: Well, I just want to tell you a real quick story. It's not related to anything you're talking about other than firearms. Um, I'm a veteran, and every time I go in for a veteran appointment, their first two questions are, are you looking at committing suicide, hurting yourself, or hurting others. And uh, I found that interesting. Finally, I asked him one time about it. Basically, I was told, well, if you are, then we're going to take your guns. And I was like, oh. And a few years ago, I went in, and I was filling out a form, you know, how you do all your paperwork to see the doctor. (coughs) And one of the questions on there is, if you're a vet, do you have smoke alarms in your house that have fresh batteries in them, so to speak? And I'm like, wait, what, what? what's this got to do <laughs> <What>? <laughs> with me seeing a doctor? And uh, so I didn't answer it. And I went in and saw the doctor, and I asked her, I said, what's with this question? She says, well, obviously, if you can't keep fresh batteries in your uh, smoke detector, then you can't have a gun because you're not a responsible person. So I got talking to some of the other veterans. One veteran lost his firearms because his wife paid the bills. Another veteran lost his firearms because he was driving an old truck. My whole point to all of this is, is everybody's all uh, thrilled with these red flag laws. The veterans have been living under the red flag laws for several decades now. Um, this could. This is where it is going for the civilian populace. And the fun part about it is, and this is from my understanding, You have got to get that same doctor to sign off on documentations for me to get my guns back. Uh, Yeah, get a doctor to sign off on, yeah, we're going to let you have your guns back. Um, I've never lost my firearms, but uh, I do know veterans that have. But I thought that that would be a... Something that your followers might want to hear about, especially well, I mean, the veterans.
3: Yeah, no, I mean that's an interesting, uh, you know, Mike. That's a that's an uh, an interesting take on things. I mean, I I guess this this highlights for me a couple different things. Um, it's good to know you're now. You guys are you're talking about veteran benefits, which are something different, but in the private sector. Uh, in the civilian side, in the private sector, this just goes to show you that you should be going to a doctor that more closely matches your philosophy. I think, as far as politically speaking goes. Secondly, it also goes to the kind of um, <clears throat> it kind of goes to the slow, creeping, below the radar kind of stuff that's that's going on where they're asking these kind of questions um, in uh, you know in, in the first place, like you said. The smoke detector, it seems like an innocuous question. I mean, why, you know, why would you, you know, uh, and then saying and then coming out and outright telling you, well, if you can't change your smoke detector batteries, you're not, you know, you're you're not smart enough or responsible enough to own a firearm. Uh, I mean, there's some real there's some real kind of scary overreach there. By these are all especially for veterans who, by the way, were the ones that were tasked with defending our country and carrying firearms out there to protect us out in the wild. And then all of a sudden, now they can't be responsible with them. Um, and I think if, if they were looking to defeat or, or looking to disarm one group, it would be the one that has the training to kind of push back on any kind of uh, bad juju. You know what I mean?
4: Oh, yeah, I know exactly what you mean. But veterans aren't really – they're not given an option on – what doctor they're going to go see for the most part. In those days they weren't. Now we're given a little more of an option. But I have no idea what somebody's political affiliation is. And, you know, I I may not be able to see the same doctor twice. Um, But, you know, it's one of those where what they do with the veterans and the people on Social Security and the elderly, that is what they're going to be doing to the general populace uh, eventually. You know, I remember the day when, I don't remember what it was called, but the people that lived in Alaska and they were older got a uh, like a monthly check from the dividend that went away. And now, guess what? They're after everybody's dividend.
5: Right, uh, right. So I
4: watched the slow creep of it, and, and you, as you mentioned. Um, but what I'm, you know, what I'm trying to do is forewarn. This is headed for the civilian population because they start with the military, and nobody, you know, quite frankly, to get anybody to talk about you know military affairs is at best difficult right um but i've watched it you know i i don't have you know i got 13 years in the military i walked out with an honorable discharge and uh no education benefits and uh people go oh how how could you do that well i'm not going to go into all the ins and outs of it but uh that's just the way it worked out and uh now of course they've changed that back but uh yeah, the military is a favorite political football that the politicians
3: love to bring around. Well, and, and, and in a way, you're, you've kind of hit on it where they're kind of a controlled Petri dish for experimentation. You know what I mean? Like if we can do this because our veterans, you know, you're kind of trapped in the system. Like you said, you can't choose your doctor for the most part or, you know, it's not necessarily a free market thing. It's, it's a captive deal. So you're right. They kind of test these things out in this controlled environment to see if anybody squawks or anybody kicks back. And then they could slowly and incrementally uh, institute these kind of things in the public sector. But and we've even seen this already. We've seen this in some of the questionnaires um, from uh, you know some of the doctors' office, some of these standardized forms. Uh, many of which are created by places like, you know, the American Medical or influenced by, you know, the American Medical Association or other places, which also, by the way, are not your friend if you're a gun owner, because they've they've advocated publicly to remove guns from the from the public and to disarm people and do all this kind of stuff. I mean, I know a doctor's got an a, a Hippocratic oath to do no harm, et cetera, et cetera, but it also should be, you know, they should they should embrace the whole idea of freedom. And unfortunately. That doesn't always happen. Uh, in fact, for the most part, it doesn't seem to happen. And so, yeah, what you're telling is kind of a chilling tale of uh, of that kind of slow, deceptive inveigling into your lives of, oh, answer these innocuous questions. Oh, and if you do so, by the way. I mean, I'm interested, really, when you said the guy got his gun rights taken away because he drove an old truck. What, but because he's frugal and he didn't splurge and buy a $70,000 truck or whatever that all of a sudden proves that he can't be trusted to own firearms i mean he you know some guy has his wife handle the books and that's the he obviously is not you know mentally competent enough to because he has his wife do it i mean that's that's some insane stuff right there
4: i'm not arguing that a bit and that but my point is is that these red flag laws scare me from the standpoint of you hear the liberals say well the conservatives shouldn't have guns because they're dangerous. Well, and I've heard conservatives say the same thing. Well, liberals shouldn't have guns because they're they're, they're not mentally stable. And, well, you're a veteran, so you're a killer. And, and it goes on and on and on. And what concerns me is when one of these groups get into power, and I, I can give you a beautiful example, the dividend. Who would have ever thought that the state of Alaska would have got their fingers into that and that a judge would agree with them on it? But when you, you get a group of people in power, Uh, you don't know what's coming next, especially if they've got, uh, ideological leanings that are different than yours. Yeah. They're going to suddenly decide that every conservative is mentally unstable and therefore shouldn't have a gun.
3: Yeah. No, Uh,
4: those red flag laws are dangerous.
3: No, I agree. Uh, I mean, look, there's also, there's all, there's already laws on the books that allow to, uh, you know, for somebody to be mentally adjudicated, uh, you know, uh, for, uh, to be committed, involuntary commitment, and all this kind of stuff. Uh, this is just again another one of those little kind of nose of the camels under the tent flap to uh to get into those kind of things for people, and and it's troubling. And like you said, for veterans who are just trying to utilize some of the few benefits they've been given for serving our country, and then to be put in this kind of position, that's um that's some troubling stuff. And and I agree, Mike. It needs to. Uh, It definitely uh, needs to be watched out for, and we need to try and reverse it wherever we can. So thank you for your call and for giving us the heads up on that. Maybe we can have some other veterans who are on the program today reach out and talk to us about their experience on that uh, because that is troubling. I mean, we should be – first of all, we do a horrible job of taking care of our veterans. But then to add this extra layer of stress on them if they're like trying to walk the bureaucratic minefield of protecting their rights while still trying to get the help they need, this is why many veterans are – quite honestly, they're they're afraid of – trying to get some of the help they need like mental health and other things help because they're afraid of not just the ostracism or the, the image problem amongst their fellows in the community, they're worried about losing, you know, rights because they were simply trying to get some help for a, uh, for an issue. And that's, that's problematic.
4: Well, I'm waiting for them. Right now the military has got a big push to, uh, if you've got any problems with PTSD, get a hold of us. We'll give you a disability. Well, I'm waiting for the day that they say, "Oh, by the way, if you're disabled from the military because you got PTSD, we're taking your guns." Because that is coming, and yeah. uh, I'm just waiting for it.
3: Yeah. Veteran. Well, I appreciate it, Mike. Thank you for giving us a call and for uh, sounding off this morning. We uh, loved hearing from you. Appreciate you participating in the show today. Thanks so much. Folks, if uh, you want to sound off on this, uh, I have some thoughts. We're going to talk about this in the next segment. Uh, Give us a call, 907-433-3150. The Michael Duke Show. Common Sense, Liberty-based, free thicket radio.
6: If you missed the show, you can listen to it on your time with Duke's On Demand. Oh, and it's free. Like America used to be. Streaming live every weekday morning on Facebook Live and MichaelDukesShow.com.
3: Okay, uh, in the break here this morning, um, that's just that's just scary, man. The, just just absolutely scary. You know, they, they've got the statistic out there. A veteran takes their own life. Every 22 seconds, a veteran somewhere takes their own life uh, in the country. And that's, you know, that's a scary, scary number. And yet in the attempt to try and stymie that and solve that, they mix in this kind of political BS with that, where they're trying to now decipher whether or not you're, uh, you know, strong enough, competent enough, uh, you know, intellectually uh, uh, honest or disabled enough to be able to have or not have guns. That's, that's, that's crazy. That is absolutely crazy stuff. Um, <clears throat> Anthony said, um, I used the VA twice after I got out of the army and the experience was so utterly terrible. I never went back. They could be handing out gold coins and I'd still never go back. <laughs> I mean, that is. Oof. That is that is that is that is a, that is a statement right there. Um it uh, it definitely is uh is frustrating. Um when we uh was, what was Brian said when we were going when we were going on the discussions about Ob- Obamacare, this was a point I kept trying to make about Obama. Yeah, when you get nationalized health care and everything's the same and everything's cookie cutter and you don't really You know, end up with much of a choice, although I will say this is one of the reasons why if you can, if you do have the ability to go out and choose your own uh, physician, if you, you know, if you do have that, you're not in a system like the VA or something else. That's why that's so important. Um, And Mike said, he said, I have no idea um, what the, you know, what the politics or the philosophies are of a doctor. I try and find that out. Now And maybe I don't subtly outright just come out and ask, hey, what's your – so how do you vote? I mean I just don't – I don't do that. But I will steer discussions in a certain way to find out more about people because I want to be around and be served and give my money to people that kind of you know believe along the same lines that I believe or at least are not actively trying to sabotage me. That's just – and that smoke detector com- – I mean, I'm just – first of all, I'm a little shocked that uh, – I'm just a little shocked that they just outright came out and said the quiet part out loud. Well, if you're not competent enough to change your own smoke detector batteries, you're certainly not competent enough to – wow. <sighs> there was a question on a questionnaire one time to me at a doctor's office about that, and um, I just didn't fill it out. It's just – because it's none of your business. Nunya. Nunya business. Nunya business. All right. Um Michael, any water in your basement to to the bunch rain? No. Um I live up on a little bit of a knoll, so everything flows away from me anyway. I don't really ever have much problems with the water in that regard. Except for when the borough plows all the snow onto the upper side of the cul-de-sac and it turns into a little bit of a lake during breakup, uh, but I still don't get flooding in the house then. So, no, I'm doing okay. Uh, although, <clears throat> I'm tired of the rain. Yeah. Um, uh, going here. This snow in Fairbanks is for the birds, says Ken. <laughs> is it snowing up in Fairbanks right now? What is it, 23 degrees in snow? Is that what? Is that where we're at right now? 23 degrees and snow in Fairbanks. Uh, Got over three quarters of an inch of rain. It was just, you know, this whole summer has just kind of (laughs) sucked. Sucked. Balls. It's just, yeah, anyway. Uh, The state is not your friend, says Brian. That's, uh, Terry says, our vets are so abused by our government. This is the thing that makes you not trust This is the thing that makes you not trust government, right? These kind of actions. All right, let's get back into it. Here we go. The Michael Duke Show. Common Sense Radio. Right now.
6: What the hell is an assault weapon?
2: You know, if we could just figure out how to get all of the murder guns and the attack guns and not keep selling those to people and just sell protection guns, I think that would be great and solve a lot of problems.
6: Does this mean that if we hurt your feelings, you'd consider the Michael Dukes show Assault Radio?
3: (laughs) Okay, we can live with that. Here's Michael Dukes. Yeah, I mean, um, you know, why, why would you buy murder guns? I mean, I just think that's ridiculous. Nobody wants to buy murder guns. I very specifically say I only want to see the protection guns today. That's all I want to see. You keep those murder guns in the back where they cackle together evilly. Um, I mean, it's a joke, right? But it is with the anthropomorphizing of the firearm in pretty much all of modern day culture. Like somehow it is the evil influencer. And all these people were just innocent victims of the firearm that somehow they were perfect angels until somebody placed a firearm near them. And then it's evilness just seeped into them and they became evil. Oh, it's a it's a whole thing. Um, so let's 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 continue to talk. I'm, I, I'm, I'm intrigued by Mike's commentary um, as, uh, you know, coming from the V.A. Now. Uh, so the phone lines are open at 907-433-3150. Has anyone else um has anyone else stumbled across these kinds of questions at your healthcare provider whether it's VA healthcare or not? Has anybody else ever been asked a question about this? Um I was saying during the break, I received that question one time on a, on a questionnaire and I don't remember where it was, but one time on a questionnaire, I received that question and um, I just, or a question related to, I don't remember what it was worded at, but you know, kind of one of the, do you own firearms or do you have firearms in your house or something like, and I just didn't answer it. I mean, take from that what you will. Either the answer is no or yes or I'm just not going to answer. Or basically, it's none of your freaking business. I'm sorry. That's just none of your business. Um, So has anybody else dealt with any of these kind of things? Have you ever had a doctor come out and start quizzing you on your guns or safe gun storage or any of these other things? Things that, while ostensibly... Could have to do with with, you know, I guess the public. See, that's the that's the problem. Part of the thing uh, that's going on here is they continue to try and talk about guns as if it's some kind of public health issue. Right. They're using terms like epidemic. The gun, the gun violence thing is an epidemic of whatever. This is part of the problem. When you have things like this going on um, and that's how they're treating it, that's that's all part and parcel of the problem. Um, For a while now, gun control advocates have been pushing um, for gun violence to be treated as a public health issue now. It, it, let's be fair. There could be some upsides to some of this, right? It could be counseling for shooting victims. It could be, uh, you know, offering some kind of mental health uh, help for people who may be struggling with it. Uh, because we understand that most of the, you know, for example, most of the shooters and things like that, they're going on, most of those people have got a variety of mental health issues. That's not to say that we need to make that right, that fundamental right, contingent on some kind of sign off from some government professional or bureaucratic lackey somewhere to make sure that we are. But we need to have some of those things there. But the problem um, with this idea of somehow pushing this as a public health approach is that really it's a smokescreen. People aren't really looking for um. You know solutions, uh, or looking at the situation around guns as a whole. The problem is, is that they usually only are are coming into it with a with a confirmed bias on one side, and they're really not looking to solve the problem. To them, they already know the answer. The answer is to remove all guns. So they're utilizing it as a way to eliminate all guns without looking at the full the full question and the full issue. Primarily the fact that all the rules and laws and things that they propose really only affect one set of, you know, one, one demographic of society, and that is the law-abiding demographic. They They seem to forget that criminals by... We keep repeating this, and I'm sorry if this gets repetitive to talk about, but I just want to keep putting this truth out there so that people can start thinking about it in terms of when they talk about this stuff and they look at it, and you can come back with this again and again and again and make them understand that criminals, by the very definition of who they are as a demographic, criminals break the law. They don't care about your laws. I mean, how many how many times have you heard this over and over and over again? The shooting that happened in Anchorage here earlier this week, um, you know, the, the where the police officer, the guy was a struggle. There was a struggle for a firearm that, a, that, that, a, that a, a, a perpetrator had on him or whatever. And there's a struggle for the gun. He reaches for it. The struggle ensues. He pulls the trigger, shoots himself in the leg. Shoots the police officer, so apparently it was a through and through, went through him, hit the police officer, everything else. Turns out, felon in possession. Not legally allowed to have a gun, has one anyway. You know, uh, I mean, we can go through the list. Every time you turn around and look in story after story and many, many times, it's felon in possession. Prohibited person in possession. They're getting guns. They don't care about the law. But see, people who treat gun violence, quote unquote, as a public health nuisance, they think that the answer is, of course, just to disarm the citizenry. And they're trying to find ways to justify that position on the way through. There was a story over uh, from um, uh, uh, KGW.com that was linked originally from Bearing Arms talking about Ohio State University and the researchers and a medical professional. There was a roundtable that they held talking about the public health crisis of gun violence. I'm going to read you a quote. The problem of rising gun violence can seem insurmountable, but Portland health professionals expressed hope during a roundtable discussion at Oregon Health and Science University Wednesday morning. The talk between medical experts, law enforcement and people with lived experience, that's victims, shooting victims, who, I mean, should definitely have a seat at the table. Don't get me wrong. But I mean, again, that's just kind of confirmation bias coming in for people who have been monumentally affected or traumatized by such a situation. Um, So, again, the medical experts, law enforcement and people with lived experience Sought to frame the issue through public health through a public health lens. Now you know who wasn't involved in this roundtable discussion: gun safety advocates, gun gun industry people, people who uh, can argue from a from a, a, a legal standpoint, advocates for the Second Amendment, and uh, you know tough on crime folks. None of those folks were involved in this. So you got law enforcement, medical experts, and victims at this roundtable. Do you think that they're going to come to a con- – based solely on the makeup of that, do you think that they're going to come to a certain conclusion? I mean, I'm asking for a friend. Dr. Kathleen Carlson, the director of Oregon, uh, of Oregon Health and Science University uh, and the OHSU's Gun Violence Prevention Research Center, said this is not a dichotomous gun rights versus gun control issue. This gets us nowhere. I guess trying to explain why they have no gun rights people on the panel. Uh, In the fact we've lost ground with the increasing rates of gun injuries and deaths over the last couple decades. Wait, we the the overall crime and violence rate over the last couple decades has dropped precipitously. We had a spike during covid. And the year following, but that's come back down again, and it's continuing now the previous downward trend. Yet we have more guns in this country than ever before. And yet the trend on a trend line for the last 40 years has been, it's just going down and down and down. But she continues. Uh, we've lost ground with increasing rates of gun injuries and deaths over the last couple decades. What we mean to say most simply is we're using multi-layered, multifaceted approaches to understanding the multiple causes of gun violence. <laughs> and of course, they've just got to focus on the gun violence. What about the physical violence? What about the knife violence? What about the vehicular violence? What about, you know, they've got to single out the one type. Uh, The story continues. The experts talk through the data points, the troubling trends, the solutions that are working and the additional steps that need to be taken in the field of injury science. We often say injuries are not accidents. They're patterned, which means they're predictable, which means they're preventable. Sometimes it feels overwhelming, but we're trained here to take a scientific strategic approach approach to overcoming things that seem insurmountable. That's the thing. They think that they can control if they can quantify it, if they can qualify it, if they can do all this. The problem is is that they're never looking at a full data set. They're coming in with a preconceived notion and a bias. Their answer is to remove all firearms from the public. The problem is, is that means they're just going to remove it from the law-abiding public. They don't take into account the fact that guns, in many ways, stop crimes, you know, a multitude of times, exponentially more times guns are used to stop crimes than they are to commit crimes. They don't take any of that into account. They don't take into account the fact that honest law abiding citizens will try to obey their laws while the criminals will just treat it with. St- Look at what happened with Michelle L- uh, Lujan Grisham with her, with her, uh, uh, her announcement. She was going to disarm everybody in Albuquerque and all that kind of stuff. She said it in the announcement, this is not going to affect criminals. She said the quiet part out loud. We are going after law-abiding citizens. Criminals aren't going to listen anyway. This is the problem with treating this as a public health emergency. Um, I got a line on hold. Let's go over here real quick and because uh, I'm coming up on the break. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Well, I'm Mike. is Fred in Rhode Island. How you been? Oh, good, Fred. Hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna abuse my privilege with you and ask you to hold because I'd like to talk to you and give you some time, but I'm literally up against the break, so I'm gonna put you back on hold um, and ask you to hold on for just a second. We're gonna continue with this, the Michael Duke Show. It is Firearms Friday. Your chance to sound off on issues of a two A nature. We will continue with more right after this. Don't go anywhere.
6: Broadcasting live through a series of tubes. Allowing all of these entities to provide streaming stuff going on the the Internet. Well, it's kind of hard to explain. Sorry. Streaming live every weekday morning on Facebook Live and MichaelDukesShow.com.
3: OK, we're in the break. Fred is on hold. Fred, thank you for uh, for doing that for me. I'm going to leave you on hold during the commercial break here. You can hear what we're saying in the chat room and uh, we'll I'll be going over some of the stuff uh, uh, that we can talk about. And then I'll take your call here as soon as we returned uh, from the uh, from the news uh, from the commercial break. Um, Mike. Um, so you don't care if you're banned from owning a firearm, he must, I, you must be responding or replying to a, I can't, the problem with the, <laughs> I love my broadcast software and my StreamYard stuff and everything else. The problem is, is that sometimes you guys are replying to other comments and this doesn't show it to me in like a reply tree. I just see them live as they come in. So sometimes I get a comment like this and I'm like, is it something I said? Or are you replying to something that somebody else said? Anyway, I don't know, Mike. I do care if you're banned from owning a firearm. I don't know what that was about, but I'm throwing that out there. Um, If the government is making the rules and paying the bills, it dictates what questions the doctors must ask and what conditions you must meet to receive service. That's, again, going back to kind of that Obamacare comment and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, this is crazy stuff. Um Amy. What? Amy said I have a I had a reception to ask me at a doctor's office if I was biased. After that, I quit going. If you were biased. I mean, wait, what does that mean? She asked you on a questionnaire if you're biased going to the doctor's uh, again at some point. I'm like, what? Excuse me. I mean, because my question to her would have been, are you? I mean, I'm just, what do you mean? What does that mean? Explain to me what the word biased means. You keep using that word. I don't think it means what you think it means. I just I just want to I would have messed with them so bad. Um uh, Kenneth says, I was uh, oh. Uh, Kenneth says, "I was asked this by the VA doctors. Then I switched doctors. He said they asked if I had guns in my home and if I felt safe at home. Again, Nanya, I'm sorry. The doctor's looking at the form. I'm sorry you answered this question. Nun, Nanya, Nanya. What? I'm sorry. What's that? It means Nanya business. You sketchy bastard. Get away from me. Uh Oh, man. Um, Brian says, I got a couple of good hand load recipes from a for- former doctor and I got the use your hearing protection admonition, but never a direct question about guns. Smoke detectors, yeah, but it was National Smoke Detector Month. Look, I know, again, doctors care about people. I mean, that that's the primary reason that people become doctors is because they care inordinately about people. And they, again, they take that Hippocratic Oath. The problem is, is when that care becomes more about control than it does about care, right? We need to protect them from themselves. No, no, that's not really how it's supposed to work. Uh, in a free society, in a true and free libertarian, <laughs> volunteerist society, I should be able to do whatever I want as long as I'm not hurting anybody else. If I'm hurting myself, that's me, right? Right. If I'm snorting Drano or doing whatever I'm doing because I feel like it, that's me. As long as I'm not hurting anybody else. But see, that it becomes, it becomes control. <laughs> Wait, Brian just said, this is illegal. A felon with a gun? Fake news. Yeah. I mean, how many stories do we see out there that when you read down into the story later on, you find out that they get one of the charges is felon in possession. One of the charges is, you know, out on parole. One of the charges is violating the terms of his conditional agreement because he had a gun on him, which is, again, felon in possession or or you've been. Char- I mean, this it's just it's crazy. Jeannie. Says, being an LEO during ACA, the American, the, the Obama, we saw this firearm question intrusion as the beginning of red flag laws in Washington state. Started with mental illness and ended with infirmity. Every person who was receiving federal benefits was and is a target and still are. It has infected medicine 2.0 and is now part of medical religion. Yes, medicine is a religion, but that's a subject for another day. Uh, Yes. I mean, you've seen it again. Organizations like the American Medical Association and the College of Physicians and all these other medical, you know, again, which are all out there trying to do no harm, which should include not infringing on people's rights because that's harm. But do no harm. They're the ones out there that are pushing a lot of these gun laws and supporting it. And it's it's just it's insane. That was insane. Yeah, I felt the quake. I felt the quake. Mm -hmm. Um, It rumbled a little bit. My computer monitor went, okay, a little rumbler. All right, uh, we got to go. The Michael Duke Show, Common Sense, Liberty Base, Free Thinking Radio. Fred's on the phone. We're going to start with his phone call, and we will continue from there. Please like and share, like and follow, do all the stuff. Let's get to it. Here we go. The Michael Duke Show. Not your
6: daddy. Wait, sorry. Not your daddy? Ooh, not your daddy's talk radio. Huh. Whew. I was scared for a second. Thought we were going down. Here's Michael
3: Dukes and the show. All right, welcome back to the program. Firearms Friday. Gun Q&A all day. Willie Waffle coming up at the end of the show today, as usual. Meanwhile, we're talking to you. Before we went to break... I rudely put Fred on hold because Fred is a is a, uh, uh, is a good Friday caller. He calls in every, every week from Rhode Island, and I knew that I could abuse the privilege of putting him back on hold. He'd be willing to wait. So I want to say thank you, Fred. So sorry to be rude to you, but I'm a slave to the clock. What is on your mind, my friend? What's going on with you?
1: Good morning, good morning Mike. Listen. I'm not. I'm not offended. I've been throwing off better radio state radio shows than this one. So I'm not oh, offended at all. Oh, wait a minute! ow. Uh, listen. I'll, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, anyway, uh, you know the point I want to make is uh, there's no such thing as gun violence. You know, it, it's it's just violence. It's all it is. It has nothing to do with with, with the tool. It has everything to do with the act. But this is not. This is not. This is what they push. This is what they push on a regular basis. For the gun control, you know, the, the gun control mantra, and it's just a lot of it's just a lot of nonsense, you know. It it's it, it, and you know, and the, the crazy part is, the gun control people sit there, and, you know, they want to disarm everyone. But on the other hand, I don't know if it's in in working in lieu of the or in 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 concert with the let's take away the guns. They sit there and they put in attorney generals in many of these lib states, like New York. And Oregon, and Seattle, and California—you know, some of the worst ones. Detroit—you know, some of the worst places around with, with with violence, not necessarily gun violence, but all violence. And uh, what happens is, you know, they sit there and they get these liberal attorney generals with this no bail, no no bail, low bail, right? You know, turn you know, revolving door, revolving door, uh, you know, system of catch and release, and they put them back on the street. Then they wonder why it has such a such a high crime rate
3: right well this is exactly that's exactly what we saw in san francisco right it was not attorney generals it was district attorneys but same kind of thing where they put liberal uh social justice type district attorneys in as well and they do that catch and release and in san francisco they found out that it caused their crime rate to go through the roof it's the same thing that affected us here in the state of alaska when they instituted sb 91 where it became a slap on the wrist for crime that shoplifting became a citation and not an arrestable offense the 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 you know, that kind of crime just went right through the roof because, hey, there's no penalty. I could take whatever I want, walk out. They'll issue me a $50, you know, fine, which I'll never pay. And that's fine. I mean, it's 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 that kind of mentality that helps drive this. And you're right. It is simply violence. Doesn't matter if it's a gun a stick, a fist, a knife, a car, a frying pan. You know, we don't have appliance violence. We don't have hammer violence. We don't have knife violence. But somehow they're going to separate out the stuff that happens with firearms, and they're going to single it out because that's how you separate and polarize a society.
1: You're, you know, absolutely right. And, you know, it boils down to, I don't know where the... The the attorney general, the liberal attorney general, you know, doing this are working in concert with the gun control people because the higher the crime, the higher the crime rate, the more need there is to get rid of the guns. And you sit there and these, you know, you just connect the dots and you can see where this is going. Connect the dots a little further, I think, and you look at the origin and the origin of where a lot of this is coming from. Once again, the damn globalists are causing a lot of problems. And they, you know, and they they don't care about the Constitution. They don't care about Bill of Rights. They don't care about the United States. They just want to have their way, control everything, control everybody. And uh, I think that that's the end game. That's the end, well, you know, they yeah. had the means to do it. They had the funds to do it. They had the ambition to do it. And if you let them get away with it, they will do it. And I think it's time to, yeah, like I say, drag them out of the shadows into the light and let everybody see what's going on.
3: I don't think that there's any collusion. I think it's just there. It's a it's a meeting of the minds. I mean, they are most of these district attorneys and attorney generals who are of that vein. They already believe in gun control wholeheartedly. They don't have to coordinate with any gun control group because they are already true believers. They're already trying, again, they're anthropomorphizing the firearm that somehow Johnny was a a perfect little angel until somebody slipped him a Derringer 22, and all of a sudden he became this evil thug and it's not his fault. It's society's fault. It's condition's fault. It's the gun's fault. And that's why they want to let him back out on the street. Uh, I don't think, there there doesn't have to be any collusion it is a philosophy that they already took into office with them. It is their own bias, you know, writ large and confirmed right in front of us.
1: Yeah, you know, yeah, 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 yeah. You do have a point there. I still, I still think that there's a there's an organized, there's an organized, uh, there's an organized uh, uh, means behind all this. But, you know, I mean, that's just me.
4: Yeah. The other
1: thing I want to bring up real quick is this whole thing with the you know the doctors in the HIPAA law. Right. I mean, you they sit there, yes, they're trying you know, this, they have a, a, you know, the Hippocratic oath where, and they also have the medical, you know, the medical confidentiality. And I think a lot of the stuff that the VA asking these questions, and a lot of the private sector doctors as well, and then they sit there and use it to take, you know, your firearms away. I think it's, you know, they're definitely violating, your hip, they're violating the HIPAA, the HIPAA agreement, you know, the, the HIPAA law. They, I mean, that's between you. And that's between the doctor and the patient, and that's where it begins and ends and it stays there. Unless there's there's a law enforcement warrant to gather information, they have no right, absolutely no right to go beyond that office, none. And if they use that to turn that into the ATF or the local police or the state police or some other agency to take your firearms, you know what, they're opening opening up a real can of worms on themselves. And I think that someone maybe should drag a couple of them into court and just we'll let them have it but you know
3: Let the lawyers pick their bones clean That's an interesting legal argument That I hadn't considered And I I think you might be right I mean, it would be interesting to see one of these people Like Mike was talking about earlier Who's already lost their gun rights Due to some commentary to a doctor To start saying, well, I think we need to take him to court Now, maybe there's some exemptions in HIPAA That I'm not aware of For them to say, well, the doctor has to report If blah, blah, blah But I think, you know, drag him out into the light Like you said, take him to court Take him to court and say they violated my confidentiality and my privacy uh, and did something to me that was horrific. I mean, I can obviously prove that I'm competent just because my wife handles the finances doesn't mean that I'm incompetent. She just it's a division of labor. She takes care of that. And you violated my confidentiality by putting that out there and and, and infringing on my rights. You're right. I think that's a great idea, Fred. I think that it, we, we should. Somebody should do that and and uh and hit them on that because they use that as a shield for almost everything else why not use it to our own advantage every now and then
1: absolutely well you know there's a lot of things that are going on in the medical field i don't know who who signed on to what it's another coordinated effort that i can see because it's just ironic that so many of them are going down the same path saying the same thing you know it's just a hell of a coincidence i, I don't i think there's something more to more to well,
2: than
3: I I think the problem is, is that a conspiracy, I mean, you, you talk about a conspiracy, a conspiracy, generally speaking, can't be secret or fall, you know, falls apart with too many people in it. I think you just have a lot of people that kind of believe the same thing, Fred, and they're all working. This goes back to that whole kumbaya mentality of the narrative. That the only way society can move forward is with the direct benevolent intervention of government. And you've got a bunch of people who believe that. And so they're all working not together in a coordinated way, but they're all moving in that same direction. It may look like uh, some kind of, uh, you know, some kind of plot or scheme or, or coordinated effort. But I think a lot of times it's just a bunch of people who have the same ideology moving in the same direction. I I I would find it kind of hard to believe that it's some kind of vast conspiracy. I think it's just human nature working out writ large. But anyway, Fred, I really appreciate you calling in, my friend. And again, thank you for letting me put you on hold. Appreciate you calling into the program today. Uh, We will talk to you again next week. That's Fred from Rhode Island. Uh, That leaves all four lines open, 907-433-3150, 907-433-3150. Um, Kyle in the chat room on YouTube says the left just keeps talking about it to make gun violence appear worse than it is. They can rule over us lots easier with a disarmed populace. That's why, again, they keep focusing on this. Look, it's the verbiage, right? I've talked about this for years, that the left is very good at controlling the narrative and the verbiage to use things. I mean, the whole term assault rifle. What is it? Nobody can really define what it is. I mean that there's no true definition. It's whatever they want it to be, you know. Gun violence is something else. Like I said, they're not separating out violence of uh you know of a of a blackjack uh or a lead sap. You know they're not they're not signaling out violence of fisticuffs and and uh, and fists and feet, uh, which you know by the way kill more people than all the people killed with rifles every year by a multi. They're not talking about edged weapon violence. For knives and swords and machetes or tool violence for hammers or uh, or baseball bats, sport equipment violence. I mean, you, you just don't see that. But gun violence, it is about fear. It's about genning up that fear, just like we saw, you know, writ large during covid, where all that fear allowed people to be more controllable. That's why the left just keeps talking about it. But see, even they don't know what gun violence entails, because most of the time in the gun violence category, they're including things like suicide. And while I agree a suicide is an act of violence, but it's against yourself. Do you think that taking away firearms is going to stop people killing themselves? I mean, Japan proves that's not the case. So is it really truthfully a scientific measure or a good? No, it's about instilling fear, motivating people through fear. That's what it's about. Because even they can't decide what really truly constitutes gun violence in a truthful manner. All right, that was hour one. Oof, we gotta go. Hour two, dead ahead, the Michael Duke show. Damn, that is the fastest hour in radio ever. Ever. Um, Jeannie says, can you say echo room, says Gordon? I don't know. Is there an echo or are you talking about the echo chamber effect here in the thing? Uh, Jeannie says, what makes them think that the law-abiding citizen won't become a criminal and retain their firearms? That's, I don't think they care at that point, Jeannie. I really don't think they care. I think that they want to. Again, this is the whole Sololinsky, you know. Cloward and Piven, you know, kind of separate and, you know, divide and, you know, if but you're right. I mean, what what's the old axiom that I mean has been around since, you know, the Stone Age when guns are outlawed, only outlaws will have guns. And at one point you're like, well, right, of course, because outlaws are criminals and they're going to have guns. No, no. When guns are outlawed, only outlaws will have guns. What you're doing is you will be forcing a huge selection or slice of the population who refuses to comply and they will become. You're going to criminalize honest law-abiding citizens, which pays. That plays into their narrative too. Oh, look, now we can come arrest you and have control over you that way because you were a law-abiding citizen until we put this law up there and then you refused to comply and now you're a criminal. Yeah. I mean, I think... I mean, I think that's the heart of that whole thing right there is maybe they do want to criminalize a huge selection. I don't think they understand how many people in the country uh, would refuse to comply. I mean, look at the compliance rate on the New York Safe Act. Look at the compliance rate in Connecticut uh, after Newtown, and they put their assault weapons ban in. I mean, those compliance rates on those laws are in the single digits, like 4 and 5%, Right? So there's a whole ton of people who basically said, we will not comply. In New York, not a conservative bastion of freedom in this country. So what do you think would happen if you did that in Idaho, Montana, Wyoming, uh, you know, Arizona, Alaska, where you tried to do something like that? What do you think is going to happen? Texas. Um, going through. Um, um I did not see um I didn't see no Randy's asking about a stabbing that happened yesterday in New York City yeah no here you go um <laughs> Jeffrey says nanya nanya and Nanya Av, which is uh Nunya business um. Go to Decoy Voice on YouTube and watch his commentary. Interesting take. Uh, <clears throat> uh, Decoy Voice is one of my favorite new to me, one of my favorite YouTubers, um, and uh, I think I could safely say he his his exposure has gone up tremendously in just the few. I guess it's been a couple months since I started watching him. Uh, his you his subscription is I mean he's almost doubled in subscribers. I think he's upwards of 400,000 right now or something or almost half a million. That that guy, he's got it. It's concise, lighthearted commentary is what he says and that's exactly it. You should go watch decoy voice on YouTube. I've been trying to get him on the program. I've been trying to I've reached out to him a couple times trying to get him on the program to talk about it, but it's 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 good. Um <clears throat> um, as a heating... oh... sorry, as a heating tech electrician, I will refute that there's no such thing as appliance violence. I apply violence to appliances whenever needed. Yeah <laughs> Oh man. Oh, that's really. Um, all this violence, says Kyle, is by design. I predict it will get a whole lot worse before it gets better. Might want to prepare just a little. I mean, yeah, I've kind of said that for years, that that it's all by design. You may want to pay attention to it. You may want to, you know. Um, Bill says. Uh, medical personnel are required to report anyone that they believe are a danger to themselves or others. HIPAA goes out the window. And see, here's where they can twist themselves into ethical knots by providing all these weird questions, these kind of fringe que- When you could say, do you have smoke detectors in your house with fresh batteries? And somebody says, uh, I've got smoke detectors, but I haven't changed the batteries yet. And they say, oh, my God, they're a danger to themselves and others. When they can use, when they can twist themselves into those kind of pretzels, those mental gymnastics, oof, oof. I mean, whoa. whoa, Tawny's right. Terms and words matter. Gun violence, health crisis, those kind of things. That's that's all there. Um, time flies when you're having fun. Yeah, that, I mean, that was the that was the whole. Oh, there was an echo chamber with the Oregon gathering, is what uh, Gordon was talking about. Thank you, Gordon. Yeah, no, <clears throat> the uh, time flies. That was a fast. That was a fast hour. Uh, I've got another line on hold. I'm going to talk to you here in just a second, caller. <clears throat> um, I didn't. Oh, Amy says I didn't know what biased means. That's why I didn't answer her question. The receptionist did ask me if I was male or female. I didn't answer that question. Either I'm assuming since her name is Amy that Amy is a female and I'm assuming that probably she's very obviously a female. If, if I will be honest with you, if a doctor's office asked me that question, I'd be like, well, if you don't know, I don't think you're a good fit for me. If you don't know by my appearance, whether I'm a male or a female, I'm not sure I could trust you with my health care. Because if I'm a male, I definitely don't want to try and get you have you try and give me a pap smear. You know what I mean? Or, or you know, or a female, I I don't want a prostate check. You know what I mean? If you can't figure that out, we got problems. We got bigger problems. All right, I was gonna ask the caller's name, but I just. Got on that rant And so we're going to Continue here Jumping back into it The Michael Duke Show Common Sense Liberty based Free thinking radio Hour 2 starts right now We'll start off with The phone calls And go from there Back with more Right after this
6: Put that thing back in its holster. We haven't gone anywhere. I don't understand. Check out themichaeldukesshow.com for information on how to get access to the podcast. The Michael Duke Show. I have two guns.
0: One for each of you. Firearms Friday. As Thomas Jefferson stated, it is the right and duty of the people to be at all times armed. To be
4: at all times armed. Say hello to my
2: new friend!
1: I say that the Second Amendment is, in order of importance, the First Amendment. The right to keep and bear arms is the one right that allows rights to exist at all. Michael Dinkes.
0: The right to keep and bear arms shall not be. Fridge, not be fridged. Firearms.
1: From my cold, dead hands.
3: Friday. That's my that's my gun. This is for fighting, it's for fun. Firearms Friday. This is for fighting and this is for fun. This is Firearms Friday. You better run. I I don't know. I just, you know. Uh, Welcome back to the program. It is hour two of the big radio broadcast, the fastest two hours in radio. It is Firearms Friday. Every week we talk about guns and the Second Amendment and firearms issues uh, here in America. And, boy, ooh, howdy. How did we get to hour two already? It is um, it is uh, it, It's here And we've got phone lines open It's open line, open form, Q&A all day today As long as it's firearms related We want to talk about it 907-433-3150 And we've got one line on hold uh, That start off So as always, phone calls reign supreme We're going to start off over there And we'll, we'll kick things off And see what you guys have to say Let's go over here Good morning, who's this? Where are you calling from? Good morning, Michael. This is Tom from Kasilof. How are you today? I'm doing fine, Tom. What is on your mind down there on the peninsula? Well,
5: I was going to call you last week, but I wasn't quite ready yet to talk about it. But I had a real-life incident happen about a week and a half ago with me. And um, I felt it was important that you and, and uh, our our listeners here hear about it. And, get some takeaways from it Uh, we're all ears Um, 11 o'clock at night I take my dog out to go to the bathroom and um, I've got a very powerful flashlight and all of a sudden I see a, uh, a wild rabbit that we have here on our property duck underneath my deck and I flash the light over there as I do I see something I bring the light back and there's an individual standing there 25 feet away from me 10 feet from my house pointing both hands directly towards me. And I had no doubt in my mind that there was something in their hands and I was going to be shot. Here I am, 63 years old, been a gun person all my life, got concealed carry, practice plans, blah, 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 blah.
3: And I'm standing there without a firearm (laughs) on my own property. Oh, man, that's got to be a feeling.
5: I screened my wife's name. As loud as I could and ran with my dog back to the house my property the way it lays I have to circle back around go up the deck and I'd have to come back up the deck which would bring me directly towards that person they'd take five steps forward and I'd be head-on with them the entire time Michael I'm thinking why haven't I been shot why am I not dead and I get into the house Call 911, and I'm on the phone with the troopers. And there's some takeaways as we go through this. That I think it's important that people hear. Um, I mean, Kasilof, it took 20 minutes on the phone for him to show up. Right, right. I get it. I know where I am. I know the lack of troopers. But three of them did show up. Um, while they were uh, on their way, I was laying on my dog. My wife's on the ground. I grabbed my firearm, which has been my standby go-to gun. It's been sitting by the door, and um, it's an FN 5.7. And it's kind of funny. The troopers asked me which what type of gun I have, and I told them so they realize it's not a Snubnose 38. And um, one of the takeaways as I'm laying there waiting, the troopers are on the phone. Uh, I'm laying on my dog with my right hand holding him down, I'm right handed. And I guess we can fast forward just a little bit. It's probably been a year since I've shot that gun So we'll we'll just use the word training here as a as a, a should have Laying there with my gun in my left hand and a couple minutes in the phone call I realized that I'm right handed, I better turn that safety off. So I actually reach over with my right hand and my thumb and i flipped the safety off a couple minutes later i realize oh this is androdector so i don't know if you know the fn57 but it's
3: right it's It's got a safety on both sides right
5: from both hands equally so my finger pushes the safety back on troopers show up um they were really good uh they asked me to secure my firearm i did before they came to the door uh they searched the property searched my shop i got a big shop they searched the car they searched everywhere found nobody you know i live in a place where the guy could have been 20 feet off the road watching the whole thing right right so um after they leave uh it was it was a long night i was i'm still shaking i still get chills from my head to my toe when i tell the story just bone chilling chills i've never had anything like that happen to me And uh, at the end of the departure of the troopers, I looked at them and I said, I'm sure if I had a firearm, I'd probably be going home with you guys tonight. And they assured me, they said, based on what you've told us, there was a perceived threat on your property, 10 feet from your house, 25 feet from you, someone, and I'll be very clear here, I did not see a gun, but the person was standing there in a position where there were both arms were extended straight forward at me it's the only position you have unless you have something in your hands
3: right like the classic weaver style position right like so, a shooting stance yeah
5: absolutely so they looked at me and they said um you had a perceived threat in your life on your property 11 o'clock at night didn't belong to be there you know, the guy didn't come out, hey, sorry to scare you, you know, looking for my dog. I, right? The threat was there, and they told me that we would have probably done the same thing. So I'm not throwing troopers under the bus or giving permission to anybody what the trooper said, but given the situation, um, there was a perceived threat of my life. Right. So i uh, kind of backing into the whole, whole thing now. I've got security cameras out of my garage, and there's one camera that points forward and it's 80 yards away so it's not a lot of detail but you can see me coming out of the house on security cameras and I'm flashing my light and as I'm walking down my steps you can see an image come out behind the house and then retreat back in so they were in the dark they were safe They could have stayed there and one of the things I didn't recall that night was I'm outside with my flashlight looking for bear, right? Because we have bear in the area. So I'm always flashing the light all around. Well, exactly where that person was, I probably flashed the light there about six times. Exactly where that person was. And then all of a sudden, when the rabbit ducked under the the deck, I brought the light back, and there it was. So he was in the dark. He was safe. He could have stayed there. And all of a sudden, he stepped out. So um, I I don't know what that means. I don't know if we got a, a little bit of meth issue in our neighborhood here just started happening. Uh, if there's somebody wanting to mess with me, uh, I, I it was it was really bizarre that they, they they weren't there, but they were. We saw them pop out behind the car, and they were in the dark. Right. So yeah. um, a couple of takeaways here.
3: Go ahead. No, I was just going to say. So give me your lessons learned here. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, no, so I was just gonna say, you know, give me your lessons learned, you know, your takeaways. You know, what in in an after action review, well, just, what, what do you think you could have done differently or what, what should you do?
5: Well, again, training training. There's my, my go to gun that's sitting by the door, probably haven't shot it in a year. I've chosen that gun because it's 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 a beautiful weapon. Well, it's also expensive to shoot. So there's my one of my reasons I don't shoot a lot. So, I, I did take the gun out the next day, um, ran 40 rounds through it. I had a, a, a gallon of Sunny D that was expired in April, so it became a good target. And um, I shot it. Guess what? Round two didn't load. <laughs> Got 20 bullets in that gun, and round two didn't load. Dang. Never failed on me before. Right. And what I have found with, uh, I've got a few firearms that have high capacity magazines, that those last couple are always kind of tough to shove in there. And I've I got one gun that I just, I don't put a couple in the end because of it. So that's one takeaway. Um, I now, I took a couple of bullets out, so I got 18 instead of 20. I don't think I'll be hurting there. Um, The other thing is the following night, I threw my custom holster I had made for the gun, shoulder holster, and I went out with that on. And I'm thinking to myself while I'm out there going, in that incident, I, I didn't have two seconds to grab my gun. That was not afforded to me. I had a half a second. So now I got a routine with the gun in my hand and the dog's half half uh, hitch tied to my left hand and my flashlight. I've I've set up a whole routine that I, I go through. And I just came back in before I got on the phone with you. And it's still disturbing. I yeah. walk out there going, I, I can be attacked from any angle here. Yeah. I was I was absolutely um, my my safety and my security that I that I have sitting down here in Casilo was was taken away from me
3: yeah by no. this individual it's violating to it have just, that kind of stuff happen uh, yeah it it is violating let me well, that's that's an excellent
5: that's yeah. an excellent word violating
3: let me let me give you just from the outsider's perspective a couple things that uh that i see people when especially concealed carry holders they have a tendency uh when they get home To feel like they can completely let their guard down. I mean, I've known people who basically they get home and they go to their bedroom. Their bedroom may be upstairs and they disarm themselves upstairs, you know, so their firearm is now 40 feet away from them somewhere else. And then they go back down. They may or may not lock their doors. They may or not. You know, you've got to. I'm not saying that you have to constantly be paranoid or on a case of alert. But when I take my firearm off, it's I place it right there near my door. So that I, if I need to go somewhere or if I need to go outside or if I need to respond to something, I have a firearm present. I've got another firearm in my bedroom. I'm not worried about that. There's, pl- You know, that's fine, everything else. But we just don't think about that. We think once we're in our castle, it's all good. It's not. It cannot, you know, like you said, your prime example there. If we go out at night, exactly. I mean, if you're concerned about bears with it, and you got your big flashlight because you're concerned about bears, what are you going to do if you confront one? Why don't you have a firearm then, right? That kind of thing. This is all hindsight stuff that you can come out. And the training, do you do dry fire? Right. Do, you oh, do, do you do do you dry firing exercises, Tom? No, I don't. I got to tell you. I, guess I should. Yeah, no, I mean, because I agree with you. Shooting these days is expensive, and it's probably been over a year since I've been to a range to shoot uh, my my concealed carry pistol. But I very consistently... Do dry fire exercises um, with my concealed carry pistol, so that I'm from it's it, it's intimately familiar. Um, I have a I have magazines that have dummy rounds in them, and I do dry fire exercises. I do malfunction drills, so if that second round doesn't load properly, I can clear it immediately. Uh, I mean, those are things that you can do that are not expensive, that take of uh, just a few minutes a week. You know, you dry fire practice once or twice a week with that firearm for ten or fifteen minutes. Um, and you you will become intimate. It will become second nature, and uh, and like you said, think about things like holding the dog down with the with the dominant hand versus the 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 weak hand. I mean, these are all things that are good, and I'm glad you made it through, and I'm glad you're learning these lessons, and I'm glad you're sharing it with us so that we can learn from it ourselves. We live in dangerous times. I mean, I don't think it's necessarily any more dangerous than it was a while ago, but you know. We live in this false sense of security. I think that we think that things can't happen to us because we're there at our home. That's why it feels so violating, because this is our safe space. Um, but there are bad people out there who will do bad things, and we have to think about that as we go through. Uh, final thoughts, Tom, before I let you go.
5: Well, I think I, I think I covered everything. I just it's uh, it was a, a chilling moment for me, and you know, and when. The, the, the amazing thing is that I've kind of I've been around guns all my life. Uh, I have guns laying all over my property. Um, they're always at the ready. But it wasn't in my hand that night.
3: <laughs> yeah, I you know? know.
5: And, and, and that's, that's kind of the chilling part. Yeah,
3: well, and when seconds know? counts, the troopers are only and, and 20 and minutes away, always, right? you broke up michael i said when uh, seconds count the troopers are only 20 minutes away He's right still there. i mean that's uh, you know yeah
5: and that's what it was i was i was i was 20 minutes in my house with my wife and my dog with somebody lurking outside
3: that's a long time 20 minutes when you're under that kind of pressure is an eternity. I can guarantee you it's an eternity. Well, Tom, I appreciate you sharing the story. Maybe other people can learn some lessons from that, and I appreciate you calling in and joining us today. Thank you very much.
5: All right, sir. You have a great day.
3: Folks, I'm up against the break. I've got one other line on hold. Caller, hold the line for just a second. I'm going to be right back to you here in a second. I'm going to get your name and where you're calling from, and then we're going to continue. Uh, next segment coming up, The Michael Duke Show, Common Sense, Liberty Base, Free Thinking Radio. We'll talk a little bit more about Tom's experience here on the other side as well. We'll be back with more right after this.
6: Running on 100% pure beard power. Oh, also some coffee. We dip our beard in coffee.
0: <laughs> nice beard.
6: The Michael Duke show.
3: All right, we're in the break right now. Let me go over to the caller first to uh get where they're calling from and what their name is uh and uh, uh thanks for holding uh caller. That was a that was a long one. Good story, but uh let me get your name and where you're calling from. Hey, Mike, uh, my name's John. I'm calling from Fairbanks. Okay, John, if you'll hold the line, I'll be right back to you. Um, and you'll be first up. We'll start right off with your call. So thank you for being patient here. Uh, let me write this down so that uh, I know can remember because by the time this is over, I will have already forgotten John's name. I guarantee it. Let me go back to the chat room <clears throat> and see, what, uh, see what's going on. Uh, good morning, good morning, good morning. Uh, Greg says, oh, crap. That was his response to the story. And, uh, and then he also said practice scenarios are important. Do you carry in condition one? Do you train to react correctly? Condition one, by the way, is cocked and locked, ready to go. Condition one on a Colt 1911, for example, is one in the chamber, hammer back, safety on. That's, I mean, that's, that's, it's ready to go. You're not fiddle farting around trying to rack the slide or charge the gun or do whatever. It's, uh. I I got to tell you that's that it, you, do you train correctly? Uh, and I will say the thing that changed my life more than anything else in being a firearms person and carrying and carrying uh, a firearm is dry firing. Like he said, he hadn't been to the range in a year. I don't think I've probably been. It's probably been over a year since I've been to the range with my uh, concealed carry pistol. Um, but I will tell you, it uh, that dry fire makes you intimately familiar with that firearm. And, uh, and again, you can, you know, for, for bad magazine locks, you know, where it doesn't seat properly, stove pipes, some kind of malfunction, the malfunction drills, all the things you can do, trigger squeeze it, it, you know, it definitely will, uh, will help you along the lines. But again, don't just hit your house, close the front door and feel like, ah, now I'm safe. If you've got dogs, if you have to go outside, if you have to do these things, you, you know, you should be thinking about that, especially if you live out in the hinterlands or, as he said, he's got a rising meth problem in his community. That's, you know, uh, we have a neighborhood. I live on the end of a cul-de-sac, and the three of us neighbors uh, who live on this end of this cul-de-sac are always watching for cars that come down because a lot of times cars were cruising by slowly. Like You know, I've got cameras. He has cameras, but his camera's 80 yards away. Invest in a new camera. Put a camera pointing right at the spot where this person was. It sounds like a good place to hide. Put a camera in there. Uh, you know, uh, you can get a ring camera or a Wise camera for 100 bucks. Store it all to the cloud. Know what's going on. You know, there's hindsight is perfect, right? I can't criticize Tom for anything that went on there because that's the way most people are. Uh, do I go outside and have my firearm? If I'm at home, do I have my firearm with me every time I go outside? No. If it's dark, sure, sometimes. Uh, if, you know, but it's always, it's always there and available. Now, if I was going to go out walking in the woods, if I had a bear problem, yeah, I'd constantly be carrying that because a flashlight's not going to do much against the bear. I'll be honest with you. I have a flashlight on my pistol. You want to talk about trying to juggle the dog, a flashlight, a pistol all at the same time? I just, I've got a flashlight on my pistol. I just, <laughs> I just use the flashlight of my pistol to shine the, the thing around. If that's what it is, uh, I'll just, uh, don't know this is situational awareness yes i mean you just constantly got to be you you just you constantly got to be thinking about that um uh silent motion lights uh motion lights dog pack a gun or keep it close as mike yeah all those things and again hindsight is perfect but that's where we go um Greg did ask, if you replace the muzzle brake with a suppressor, would it increase or decrease recoil? I would think, just based on the physics of it, that it would probably increase recoil because the muzzle brake allows the gases to escape and part, in part to reduce that recoil, while the suppressor captures that. It may slow it down, but I would say probably on a balance, it would increase, maybe not significantly, but because it captures the recoil, it captures the gas that causes the recoil. It would probably increase, uh, would be my guess, Greg. I'm not an expert on that, but just based on the physics of how it works, I would assume that it would could slightly increase the recoil. That would be my thing, you know. Um, Get some tactical training and money well spent. Absolutely, absolutely. All right, here we go, folks. Jumping back into it, the Michael Duke Show, Common Sense Radio. What the hell is an assault
6: weapon does that mean that if we hurt your feelings you should consider the michael dukes show assault radio (laughs) okay we can accept that here's michael dukes kind of a
3: but somewhat funny i'm not real what that was rude all right uh we're gonna continue on uh and talk more about uh our calls and everything else but we've got john in fairbanks He's been on hold for a while. He was uh, there through Tom's call. I appreciate his patience. Let's get over there and see what he has to say. Good morning, John. What's on your mind?
5: Good morning, Mike. I'm calling because I have a question. It's a basic question that probably majority of your audience probably has a good answer to, but I'm an owner of several weapons uh, and I actually have twenty twos for my kids and I used to be very religious on uh, cleaning those things often, but Recently, we've gone on several trips and we've not cleaned the 22s in a while. We've got a Henry and a Ruger. I know for sure that was used. Uh, And um, how long usually can you go with 22s without cleaning the bores or anything?
3: Uh, I would say that (laughs) without causing damage. Well, I mean, if you you know damage, it's it's damage versus reliability, right? Um, Especially with a Ruger, a 1022. 22 is a very dirty, dirty round. Uh, it is not a, uh, it, it doesn't do a great job in that. And, you know, it could be, you could shoot a hundred, 200, 300 rounds and it's dirty enough to where you start seeing malfunctions. Um, so if it was me, I mean, I would be cleaning that out, you know, at least running a patch or two through it and doing some stuff every, you know, hundred rounds, uh, because it's it, again, it's a very dirty, dirty round. And uh, it just doesn't it doesn't do a great job of, uh, you know, blasting all the residue out when it comes out. And so, you know, your mileage may vary, but I I mean, I generally speaking, if I take my 22s out and I shoot them, I always at least run a couple patches through it. If I don't do a full, complete, you know, wipe down, clean out uh, scrubbing, you know, whatever, Uh, because the especially the ten twenty two, it just does not. It will not. If it gets dirty, it will not reliably cycle, and it will be an exercise in complete, complete frustration if you don't do it. But I mean, again, uh, you know, I would say every hundred rounds you should at least patch it out, and uh, and if not, you know, give it a, a pretty good thorough examination and cleaning, um, and uh, and and give that a shot. But yeah, that is probably one of the dirtiest guns, that, you know, in most people's in most people's gun collection. That twenty-two is probably uh one of the dirtiest guns that you'll own just because of the way that the 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 powder and the little you know primer the whole thing works.
5: Okay, I appreciate it Mike. I'm gonna get off here. Thanks. All right what
3: you do. Thank you, John. I appreciate you waiting and, and, and thanks for asking the question. I you know I think it's a valid question. Uh, cleaning your firearms, obviously, something you should do. You know, with good. I mean, and it, I guess it also depends on the gun. You know, I mean, I have an AK-47 that I have shot several thousand rounds through, and it just keeps going. I mean, that's the benefit of an AK-47, right? It's not, it doesn't have the tolerances that an AR-15, uh, you know, that an AR-15 does. Uh, if direct gas impingement versus uh, piston driven, and you know everything else, but uh, it just, you know, it just depends. But yeah, keep that thing, keep that thing clean. Keep it clean, and uh, I would say every 100 rounds is uh, probably a good uh, a good move here. Uh, let's go back over to the phones. I got another call here, uh, 907-433-3150, 907-433-3150. We go uh, over here, and we say good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? This is Randy. Hello, Randy. What's on your mind?
2: there. Um, I saw a very disturbing video yesterday uh, on the Fox News on the internet and it was a man who was sitting with his girlfriend on a bench and uh, he was stabbed to death in the heart by a mad dog assailant uh, they were he was sitting there on the bench uh, with his girlfriend and uh, the assailant the killer uh, just walked by them in front of him, but just kept on going down the sidewalk and then about that time he and the and his girlfriend decided to get up and they walked in the direction that the killer had gone, but then the killer stopped to kick over some scooters or bicycle or something on the sidewalk, and uh, and so the the man and the uh, his girlfriend paused, you know, because something was going on there. And then the killer turned around and said, "What the f are you looking at?" and uh, and then started coming toward him, and uh, and the guy uh, whose name was Ryan Carson, 32. Started kind of backing up and kind of talking, trying to talk him down or whatever. But he said the words "chill, chill," <laughs> and I just wonder if that's the wrong thing to say. I mean, it's a tragic thing to see here on video. You just happen to be some surveillance camera who t- caught the whole thing, including uh, the sound. And uh, the "chill, chill" sounds like "kill, kill." You know, rhymes with that. I don't know if that's the right thing to say. I'm trying. To, in other words, I was watching this horrific video to see what lessons can be learned. <clears throat> but one thing is the guy as he was walking back you know his girlfriend was there so that complicates things you know you can't just run off at top speed because you're leaving your girlfriend there you know you can't do that so he was kind of backing up and and as the uh the killer was approaching him uh uh, he was kind of the 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 victim was kind of poking a punch in the air but not making contact and continued backing up but then he trips over the bench (coughs) that he and the girlfriend were just sitting at so that's the lesson. Don't trip over something that's behind you. You know, it's hard to be looking back behind you if sure. someone's coming at you. Sure. And maybe don't say the words chill, chill. Maybe say something else to try to de- well. it was a, basically was a rabid, mad dog person you know I yeah don't know how you well i would say that but uh, you know that, first that the weird
3: one. he he was attempting to de-escalate the words chill i mean it could be cool off it could be uh you know stop it could be whatever i don't think the words at that point would have mattered obviously based on the story you're describing the man who attacked them was probably mentally unstable and out of his mind um but you're right i mean situational awareness what's behind me where am i what's going on You know, keeping his girlfriend out of harm's way, keeping her safe. I mean, this is a tragic situation. Um, And again, people, you know, just not paying attention, maybe not catching the cues of, uh, you know, somebody who's going on a rampage and kicking over bikes and scooters and stuff like that. Maybe you immediately move off. Maybe you immediately move away. Uh, You know, was he looking at the guy's hands? Did the guy visibly have a knife? I mean, there's a lot of questions there. I haven't seen the video, and I don't know. But, I mean, his attempts to say chill, chill is a de-escalation. And that, I mean, I think de-escalation is always good. But, uh, you know, your, your your kind of situational awareness to know what's around you, to know that if you are backing up, that you're remembering that you just stepped up off of a bench and you might tumble over it, maybe you need to change the direction you're going. I mean, that's a split-second decision. There's a lot of things there, you know, what-ifs that are going on there. Um, it's, uh, I mean, that's a frightening situation. That's something that anybody can be faced with. And uh, it is, a, it's a tough deal. Um, I don't know what the answer is. I'll have to go out and watch the video, I guess, and see what it looked like. But. Uh, again, uh, I think people, especially, you know, living in some of these cities and stuff, and if they're in a park, maybe they feel safe when they shouldn't be. They should always be paying attention. I, I always have situational awareness when I'm out there trying to figure out what's going on because, I you know, you just never know. People can do bad things and people can change in an instant, especially, uh, you know, somebody like you said, this mad dog, this mad dog killer. This can be a, a tough, tough situation. Uh, thank you Randy for calling in um, Thank you to uh, Tom and John as well For this hour uh, Tom's call was very very good And maybe next week we can we can Analyze this and uh, uh, Kind of give it a, a little bit of a, a Little bit of a once over And take a look at it My god this is the fastest Two hours in radio today all right, we got more coming up. We're going to continue. Willie Waffle is going to be joining us in a few minutes for wafflemovies.com. Uh, we're going to be talking about the streaming and the movies and the entertainment news and everything else. That's all coming up. The Michael Duke Show. Common sense, liberty-based, breathing on radio.
6: streaming live every weekly morning on facebook live and michaeldukeshow.com
3: how did we get to the third segment already holy crap that's uh, that's insane insane tom said he did put up more cameras and more lights good and then good that's a good call i mean at this point cameras are cheap man for a hundred bucks, you can put up a night vision camera, auto, you know, motion-activated night vision camera, and you could put it up there uh, anyway, you know, anywhere you want. Um, you know, they've got wireless ones, they got ones that operate on solar, they got ones that are battery powered. Uh, you know, yeah, I mean, it's a it's a simple thing, simple thing to do. Just go ahead and light it up, um, and keep that uh, keep that going. Cockroaches like the dark. You know, maybe you put a motion light on your camera along with the, you know, or if you just want to keep an eye on it, you could put the camera up without the lights. It's, you know, there's totally, totally, uh, uh, you know, low. Um, Bill, uh, let's see. Um, Remember, remember to move. A moving target is hard to hit. Muzzle Muzzle flash in the dark is like saying, here I am. Move. Shoot, move. Shoot, move. Assess. Reload, shoot, move, shoot, move. <laughs> right, exactly. Um, uh, my Sig says Jim is a 1911 design, and I just finished defensive pistol level two. Five hundred rounds through a subcompact makes you very familiar. Absolutely, no more shooting is definitely um, is definitely the way to go. Uh, more, you know, more training is definitely where you want to be uh, on that kind of stuff, and and the dry fire. Uh, although you don't get the effective recoil and everything else, you do get trigger pull, you get, um, you know, you get a lot of familiarity. And especially if you're practicing the malfunction drills and things like that, it becomes second nature. The more you do it, if you're doing it, you know, if you do it twice a week, that's 100 times a, a, a year that you're practicing malfunction drills, handling the firearm, holstering, unholstering, and reholstering your pistol. I mean, all those kind of things. Uh, mag, you know, reloads. That kind of stuff, tap rack, bang, the whole deal. Those are all great ideas, and they make you. And then again, if you can go to the range and afford going to the range and do it as frequently as possible, there you go. Bill says a streamlight with a strobe mode on your favorite home defense iron does wonders on someone's vision in the dark, gives you a three second advantage. Yeah, uh, streamlight, uh, Surefire, they all make great weapons lights, um, and uh, some of them do have like a strobe mode. Others are just, like, super bright. Um, I don't understand why more people in Alaska don't have flashlights on their defensive pistols. I've never understood that. I carry two flashlights with me at all time, one on my pistol and one in my pocket. I've got a streamlight, a little micro streamlight that I carry. It's a size, I mean, it, you know, it's this big and it's the size of my finger. And it sits in my pocket. Why? Because it's dark here all the time. And you never know. I mean, I use that thing multiple times a week because I'm looking for something, or it's dark, and I'm trying not to wake Terry up, or whatever. I'm constantly using that flashlight all the time. Uh, having a flashlight on your firearm just makes sense. And you know, when you have your your holsters made, you you know, once you have a holster made, like I have a holster for my concealed carry pistol that is formed around the firearm with the light on it. Now, if I ever take the light off, the holster still works for the firearm. It still works for the firearm. Uh, even if I have it off, but I don't know why I've never, ta- I've had that thing on there for eight years. I don't think I've ever taken that fl- that flashlight off, that weapons light off there. Why do you not have that on there? Um, decoy voice did a commentary on, it must've been on that stabbing. All right, well, I'll, I'll go take a look at that. Uh, maybe call a call with Donna Anthony. Yeah. Maybe next week we should, uh, we should talk with Donna Anthony. Uh, draw from concealed. Yeah. I mean, that's part of the dry fire exercise, right? You draw, you wear your pistol like you would wear it normally every day. You wear your clothes that you would wear every day and you, you know, unload it, dummy rounds, the whole thing. You make it safe. And then you draw from, you just practice like, here's where it is. No hands, blah, blah, blah. Okay. Got to draw. Present, you know, oh, malfunction, fixed. Boom, boom. You're done. Back in. Practice that. Gun ignorance, didn't know you could put a light on a gun. Yeah, absolutely. They've made them for years. And they are excellent. Uh, And not only that, because they are not only help you see, there can be a non-lethal deterrent, as Bill said. Some of them, I don't have the strobe function on mine. I didn't want anything too complicated. I just wanted to flick it be on, flick it be off. Um, I didn't want the strobe or the laser or anything else. I just wanted a light but you can get them where they strobe and do everything else um it's uh it's it's you know it's important and i again i don't know why more people in alaska don't carry a flash i mean it, it, a flashlight in your fire but i mean why do you just not have a flashlight in your pocket you don't i mean i'm not talking about a big maglite d cell maglite i'm talking about I got this little, This little I've had it for years. I bought two. I've still got the other one when this one breaks. I use it every week. I, I still don't yeah. All right, well, we're coming up on it here. We're jumping back into it, the Michael Duke Show. Phones are buzzing. We're ready to go. Let's get to it. Common Sense, Liberty-based, free-thinking radio. Here we go. Whoa. Oh, the weekend uh, it's almost here i mean it's literally like why do i have to adult today all right uh we're gonna do it though it's uh we're leaving the show with a big smile on our face and an up note let's talk about movies streams entertainment to do that with us is uh our uh, genius resident evil genius Willy waffle cackle mightily my friend <laughs> what's happening
0: Man, for a minute there, I thought you replaced me until you said "evil genius." Then I was like, "Oh yeah,
2: that's yeah, exactly, me, baby. yeah. exactly,
3: yeah, <laughs> yeah." Genius, no; evil genius, yes. All right, okay. Um, yeah. <laughs> wait, wait, that didn't sound right. Uh, all right, let's get started. Um, we, you and I uh, we talked about it a few times ago that all the streaming services are getting on board with, "Hey, these chumps are we suckered them in? Now's the time, you know. First taste is free. Let's uh, now we'll crack up the price. Uh, everybody's raising their prices." Uh, I just got a notification from Disney that my seven dollars seven ninety nine a month plan is going up to fourteen dollars next month. Um, yeah, I'm Woof. just like, ow, okay. Uh, but Disney's not the only one no no,
0: no, not at all. I mean, you know Discovery plus this week announced that they're raising prices that their their ad free uh, monthly subscription is gonna go up to eight ninety nine starting like the next billing cycle on November second. yeah. so like Yo, it already happened. Yeah, so You're in now, you know, yeah. so, you know, that's happening, uh, you know, and, and I think, you know, one of the, one of the biggest, I, I don't know if it's a big surprise. I mean, let's be honest. We all kind of knew this was going to happen, right? All these, all these, uh, all these companies are losing money during the strike and they're going to want to make it up and they're not going to make it up out of their own pockets. No, they're going to make it up out of your pocket yeah. and my pocket. And, uh, the wall street journal has already reported that, uh, Netflix is like, oh, yeah, when the strike's over,
3: we're totally raising prices. Yeah, so who going yeah, to totally right. do it. Right, so who pays for the strikes? Us. I mean, that's what it all comes down to, right? We pay for the strikes no matter who's striking. We pay for it.
0: Absolutely. It's, it's like everything else in life. <laughs> you
3: know? so, like, who's paying for COVID? Who's paying for inflation? Right. Who's like,
0: yeah, it's us. Awesome. It's awesome. Well, so
3: it's awesome. let, let's, let's recap here. Uh, what was it? Hulu just a month or two ago yep. same thing you know oh we'll do it now now there's two tiers now there's ad supported and ad free okay and then netflix is like okay ad free and they they've already upped it once now they're going to up it again after the strikes over oh god and now yeah. discovery and now disney um you know when i was you know when i was bragging that my cable bill used to be 150 bucks a month and now i'm only paying 65 boy it might start creeping back up there again
0: Well, yeah. And I mean, this is this has been what I think most analysts and and most regular people have been have been seeing coming for a long time. Oh, it's great right now. I've got all these uh, all these streaming services and it's cheaper than cable. And eventually to get all the channels you want, you're going to subscribe to all the uh, streaming channels and it's going to cost you as much as it costs you for cable. Yeah. No, because once again. These corporations are not going to lose money. They're going to take it from you. Oh, we're not making as much in cable. We'll raise the uh, streaming prices. Yeah,
3: well, and it's not even just the big ones. The little ones. It was Acorn TV, which is all the British shows of yeah. my life. What? It was like four bucks a month, and now it went up to like seven and a half or something. And I'm just like, Oof. okay. I mean, you know, a dollar raise, great. But you guys are like doubling prices, and then you're doubling prices, and it's like, okay, God, please, um, people, what, what are we doing here?
0: Well, and I would think that eventually someone's going to lose, you know, like, like, you know, one of the small, like, you know, will it be Peacock? Yeah, Will it be Paramount Plus? Will it be, will it be Acorn? I mean, at some point, some streamer is going to be the first one to truly go belly up because people are not going to pay for it. They're going to start looking at their budget. They're going to say, what can we cut? And that's where you're going to find out what you know, which which ones can stand on their own. And uh, you know, and the more I think about it, Peacock and Paramount are are being so uh, subsidized by the larger corporations, you know, through CBS and through NBC, that they probably won't be the ones. Yeah. Um, Discovery has has, uh, has the whole Discovery Warner Brothers behind it, so it won't be them. Right. Um, yeah. I think it could be like an acorn. It could be some specialized thing. I mean, you know, Netflix and Amazon are out there on their own, and they're pretty big right now. But, you know, will somebody buy one of them?
3: I mean, who knows? Yeah. Well, all right. I mean, I, I'll net Amazon's easy because I pay for Amazon Prime I get all of Amazon video that's a no-brainer yeah yeah you start thinking Good about deal. Netflix Netflix is a I mean that's a standalone so do I cut it back do I have enough on the other services I don't know man it it's I guess there's only only so much TV that one person can watch at some point so you're like do I yeah. w- you know maybe I rotate I'll do a month here or two months here and then I'll do two months there I mean I think people will start shopping all a card at that point.
0: Oh, yeah. And, and you know, I, I mean, I you know, that was something I was thinking about the, this evening when I was watching Loki. I'm like, when was the last time I got on Disney Plus for fun? Like you know, because yeah. for me, it's my job, right? You know, I right. got to watch all this stuff. Right. But if it was just for fun, would I still have this subscription? Would I still need it? I mean, I think a lot of people are going to be thinking like that, you know, especially because, you know, let's face it, with inflation the way it is. Oh, it's and, killing and, us. And, right. you know, sa-
3: salaries are not going up and, and wages are not going up something's got to give. My wife usually does the shopping and I, and I I I uh she was not feeling good so I said oh I'll do it. I went to Costco and Ooh. um man <laughs> yeah. did I get a rude awakening on like I mean, I bought just meat for like three meals, like some stew meat, some hamburger, or whatever, and it was like a hundred and twenty dollars for the meat. I'm like, yeah. that's forty bucks a meal. What the hell is going Insane. on? Insane. It's just, you know, yeah. yeah, the inflation is just, it's reaching and creeping. That's what it's doing. All right, well, we'll see what gets dropped and what does what doesn't. Uh, Taylor Swift has actually been good for the NFL, which is about the only thing that's been good for the NFL, I guess, because they <laughs> all they do is shoot themselves in the foot continuously. Um, But the Sunday night football game uh, was a big hit.
0: That's right. Sunday night's football game featuring Taylor Swift as she watched the Chiefs and her supposed new boyfriend, uh, Travis Kelsey, take on the Jets. It turned out to be the highest rated football game of the new season. They averaged 27 million viewers across television and streaming. And uh, here's the Taylor Swift effect, my friends. Viewership was up 53% among ladies 12 to 17. It was up 24% among ladies 18 to 24. And for ladies over 35, it was up
3: 34 percent so they're just watching Gee, Taylor. i
0: wonder why they're just, just watching to watch taylor just to
3: watch taylor watch a football game oh my god i mean you could print money yeah. on that kind of thing why didn't she just uh that's just i mean it's just crazy it is crazy and like well, I said, you know. the nfl is not doing itself any favors any then i saw something yesterday it was just a flash of a headline something like taylor swift sneaks out in a popcorn cart or something she actually exited the I, I don't, I don't, I don't well, know if you heard about that, but it was just like, so I was I, like I've what?
0: heard about that. You know, the, 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 the thought was, you know, she, she had to sneak out of the stadium somehow and, uh, and hid in a hollowed out popcorn cart. Uh, now, this is a callback to her tour. Uh, on the On the tour, she very publicly sneaks into the arena in like a cleaning cart and so you know she she because you know she just can't like get to the stage from just a regular place she has to right. cut through the crowd somehow and so you know they, they had a special cleaning cart that she hops in and they roll it across and because they publicize it to everybody everybody knows where the cart is and when they see it they know it's time to cheer so you know i guess it was all just part of the stunt but you know what the stunts are working you know hey uh, they just came out today. They made an announcement. Taylor Swift's uh, new concert film has already sold $100 million in that's tickets.
3: Cr- that's insane, man. I that's know. Insane. Speaking <laughs> of concert movies, Beyonce is trying to outdo her. Yeah, good luck. I mean, you know, I, mean, I,
0: I give I give yeah. Beyonce credit. I mean, she, she's got her little cult just like Taylor's got her cult, okay? And, uh, yes, Beyonce has made an announcement that uh, – her concert film for Renaissance will be premiering December 1st, and, and it's going to be kind of a mix of, of like documentary footage of behind the scenes, some videos that she's making for the uh, for the concert film, and then, you know, footage of the tour. And uh, oof, here's
3: the part that gets me. Oof, the tickets. Oof. 22 bucks a pop. Oh, man. And this is a long thing. Two hours and 40 minutes or
0: something. Two hours and 40 minutes. Just like Taylor Swift's is like two hours and 45 minutes. And... Uh, <laughs> You know, and, and just just so you know that of that twenty two dollars, about half of it's going in Beyonce's pocket, baby, because her and Taylor got good deals from AMC to to put these things together and to put them into theaters. So, uh, you know, oh the my. rich getting richer.
3: So she's already so Taylor's already sold one hundred million dollars. And t- she's already made 50 million dollars. The film hasn't shown its first second yet. It hasn't even. Sold she, it yet. She, yep. She's yep. made 50. And, oh, man. Again, and
0: Beyonce will do real well you know yeah. she she's not going to do too bad
3: yeah but beyonce does not have the following that taylor swift even i know that you know that's uh... yeah well, but wow. Yeah, it's just it's crazy. It's man. So, it's so crazy. I mean, again, we
0: got in the wrong business.
3: I would give both <laughs> of our monies away to just to take a 5% of what Taylor's doing. All right. Um, yeah. <clears throat> let's uh, let's talk about the movies. Let's talk about the streams. Uh, Reptile, a new Netflix movie. I saw some rushes or something on this, and this looked interesting. Benicio del Toro, Justin Timberlake, Alicia Silverstone. Yeah,
0: you know, and and it's been kind of uh, the number one movie all week on Netflix. I mean, people are really into this. And, uh, you know, I can see why. It's it's an interesting mystery. Uh, So, you know, yeah, it's Benicio Del Toro. He's this uh, detective in a small little town. And uh, there's been uh, the murder of a real estate agent. And, uh, you know, while they think they've already figured out who did it, He's not so sure. And so he's going to keep digging and digging and digging. And the deeper he digs, the uglier it gets and the more shocking it gets. And when he finds
3: out what's really happening, kaboom, your mind going to blow. Oh, it's a blow. I think Benicio Del Toro is an, is an amazing actor. I love him. And uh, yeah, yeah, no, him as a, as a detective. That sounds like just my jam. So I'm looking at it. All right. Yeah,
0: and he's really good. And and it's like a slow kind of, you know, boil, kind of a slow boil kind of movie. I mean, I'll be honest with you. There's a lot of filler in here. It needs more story. There's a lot of, you know, hints at what happened in his past and why he feels the way he does. And, you know, his him looking, looking at evidence in long, long fashions as we go, wonder why that's important. Okay. Right. I'm at like two and a half waffles. I think it's a good, solid movie. I think once it finally gets going, it takes off and
3: that's when it's really, really maybe good. could have benefited from a little more editing uh to uh, yeah. to tighten it up a little bit okay um all right now so first i gotta set the stage for this uh the exorcist believer this is the sequel <laughs> to the exorcist before you tell me anything my wife was like oh man i'm not hearing some good she's very disappointed she's really looking forward to this movie she says i heard some things that it's not that great and she goes tell me what willie says and i said well i don't know what he would know because he hated he hated giro del tomro's uh crimson peaks so i don't know if he's a good judge of this and she goes oh i'm sure that if he watched it again now he would think it was amazing so that's <laughs> you should watch crimson so peaks again and give me an update on that.
0: <laughs> what's what she's saying is i need to watch the exorcist
3: believer again is yeah, that it? <laughs> i don't know i think she just wants you to watch crimson peaks and agree with her yeah. uh, that, that it's a great movie uh, all right the exorcist believer give me the details here Yeah,
0: don't call it a sequel. Call it a carbon copy, okay? I mean, that's what really it is. Uh, You know, they're they're just trying to pull up all the old tropes, all the exorcism stuff that you've seen like a 100 million times before. So, you know, you've got these two little girls, you know, and uh, they disappear for three days. Everybody believes they're kidnapped. And when they come back, they're different. They're more troublesome. They're showing signs of demonic possession. And now, guess what? we're going to have to have an exorcism. And, you know, I just, it's sad because you know, I feel like it's been done to death. And right. we've seen all this before and we've seen it better. I mean, and it was shocking when it happened in the first Exorcist. Sure. We hadn't seen anything like that. Right. We hadn't heard that coming from a little girl. And now I hear that coming from little girls when I just walked past the schools. Okay. <laughs> so, you know, I mean, it's it's not like it's shocking anymore. And and I think that, you know, even bringing in Ellen Burstyn, you know, bringing her back now, still playing the same character. you know, Now she's like gone out and she's trying to help people who who have uh, who have kids who are like demonically possessed and i I just i feel like i wasted all my time because i've been there before i've done this before i'm at one
3: waffle oh man now you watched the pope's exorcist was that much better
0: yeah, that was better.
3: Yeah. Okay Yeah, right. that
0: was better. You know, I, I still think the the, the the one of the I mean, first of all, The Exorcist is the greatest exorcism movie ever. Yeah. Um, you know, it's just so scary. I watched it once and I've never watched it again. Yeah. Well, like you said, it was, <laughs> I it's it. so shocking. It's like you wouldn't see a, yeah. you
3: wouldn't see a Saw movie back then. You know, you wouldn't see those kind of movies. Yeah. You know, and, and this movie was just so shocking to people. That's, you know. All right, we're running out of time. Loki, the series, season two, one minute, give it to me.
0: Yeah, that's right. Loki is back, and, uh, well, he's trying to save all of time, all of humanity, because time is just freaking out after (laughs) what happened in the last season. And and he's jumping through time, and he's got to figure out a way to stop it, and he's got to figure out a way to stop, you know, basically how everything's freaking out, and he's got to stop Sylvie his uh, his partner in the last, uh, oh, no. the last uh, season. Uh, oh, no. You know, and and the reason you're going to watch this is Kay Kwan, Young, Kay, Kay Kwan, who is in here as kind of like the cue of the, uh, the TVH. He is the guy who's going to help them as they go through this adventure, and he's hilarious. I'm right now at about
3: three waffles. Let's oh, see wow. how it goes. Oh, man. Yeah. All right. Well, good. Well, we'll talk more about that later then. Willie Waffle, wafflemovies.com. Folks, we will see you on Monday. I have no idea what we're going to do. It'll be something. We'll see you then. Have a great weekend. It's been so long since the first season. I think I actually have to go back and watch because I remember it was intricate and there was a lot of different things going on. I feel like I need to go back and watch the first season again just to get caught up before I dive into this
0: yeah and I think what helps is that uh, there there is a little recap uh, at the beginning of the first episode and uh, the, I, I really feel like the first episode is a refresher to remind you like who these people are what they were doing what they used to believe in what they found out how it's you know blown their minds I mean you know, they, you know all these people like you know, Mobius and the other members of the TVh are all kind of sitting around realizing oh my god what we've been doing is destroying people's lives and, and destroying humanity and and, and I I feel guilty about it what can i do to stop it what can i do to to you know make good for it all and i think that's going to be a recurring theme throughout the entire season uh i think you know loki now you know turning into this hero all of a sudden is is going to continue in this season and uh you know i just think kwan is great
2: and
3: you're just going to love him. He's so perfect in this in this, oh. this character. Well, I, He's so good. I, I know that I really enjoyed the first series and uh, like I said it's been long enough that I just I'm getting old. I can't remember half the stuff that was going on. So I might just refresh to watch it, but uh, and it's of course it's, it's only dropping one episode a week anyway. So I might, I, know. I might as well just I might as well just watch the whole last season before I get into it because god. Um but anyway, okay. Um, I'm I'm happy to see. Was it got two, three episodes now? Well, th- there's
0: only one out, and there's going to be a total of six.
3: Okay, so they're moving fast. All right. Well, um, that'll give me plenty of time because I think there was only six or seven episodes in the last season. So I don't think. It would yeah, be there were. There big was, a deal. Yeah, there
0: were like six in the last one too. Yeah. Isn't that amazing? An entire season is like six episodes. Well, like remember yeah. when it was when it was like. 39 episodes 20, yeah, a 22 way episode. back in the day i know yeah, then 22 we yeah. watched my <laughs> wife and
3: i watched all of alias again here a while back about six months ago and every one of those seasons was like 22 to 26 episodes yeah. long. and i'm like that's a lot of tv you know it took us months to watch it but i'm like okay but i think they're doing now more the uh the, the british thing their series when they do a season it's like five, six episodes, seven episodes. But a lot of times they're doing hour yeah. and a half episodes. So it's a, you know, it's like each one's a mini movie kind of thing. So I don't know.
0: Uh, it's, it's, it's amazing how they, and this this is why the actors want more money because they're getting less episodes. Yeah. Know? Yeah. Oh, it's true. oh, 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 I almost forgot to tell Uh-oh. you the best story I heard today. You're going to love this. Okay. Um. So the Drew Barrymore show announced that it's going to be returning to the air, like, like, you know, next week or something. Right. Right. And, and the three writers that worked for her said, yeah, you can do that without us. We're not coming back because in our moment of need, you were ready to go on the air and cross the picket line. See you later,
3: Drew. <laughs> wow. Man. Okay. Wow. Well, okay. <laughs> you know, to me, you know, again, you know what that is to me? That's selfishness because it wasn't just the writers. It was every staff member, every grip, every director, every set dresser, every... You know, a costumer, every hair, every makeup artist that was on that show was sitting out, twiddling their thumbs, and they're not getting anything extra out of all this. And so she was trying True. to keep the show going to keep all those other people employed. That's just pure selfishness, in my opinion. I, I, I can't, I can't well, say it any other way. No, I,
0: I, see your point. It's, it's your, dickishness. It's
3: being a dick is what it is. <laughs>
0: it's dickishness. I'm going to throw this out there. Okay. Why couldn't the the major, major, major production company that has money hand over fist why
3: couldn't they pay those salaries while they were on the sidelines there you go i mean why not i mean if you're gonna be (laughs) you know i mean something something could have happened yeah i mean it's just you know and that's the thing. The ones that lose out on all this are all the all the ancillary people. It's the
0: regular people. Yeah, yeah. All it's, it's the hardworking people that can't afford to lose a paycheck.
3: Yeah, no, it's yeah. It's, it's 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 almost insulting at that point. And they were trying again, just trying to find a way to make things work without busting the strike, without bringing you know writers on away, and it's just again, <clears throat> yeah, don't be a dick. Too late. Uh, so, <laughs> all right. Uh, well, uh, that's it, my friend. What's next week? Quickly. Next week it's big streaming. It's the fall of the House of Usher. Oh on god. Netflix. The new Michael it's Flanagan joint. Oh, I can't wait. Yep. Oh my wife Ed Frazier. My wife yep. is so excited. Um, all right, my friend. Yeah. Good to talk with you. We'll see you next week. All right, see you then. Folks, again, no idea what I'm gonna do on Monday. Don't even know. I I might just I don't know. I we'll do something. It'll be fun. Be here. Or else. I'll come hunt you down in your sleep. That's just kind of weird, isn't it? We'll see you then.